podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody and welcome to the post-match reaction where Rangers have drawn with the opposition Celtic 2-2 to Ibrox. Um, today I'm joined by Craig who's already heard most of what I've got to say about this game. How are you doing today Craig? Yeah good. Uh, I don't really know how to take that game a bit, a bit deflated as to how it played out but um, we'll get stuck into why I think there's positives to take from it as well. And uh, Ross, I just saw you sneaking in at the back post there um, and I clicked the intro video. I didn't know you were coming on, but it's nice to have you on, Ross. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Pleasure to be here. It's a bit of a disappointing result at the end of the day. Thought we played well there, but it is what it is. I'm sure we'll get stuck into it. That's it. Um, look, Ross, I'll, I'll stick with you first, seeing as, um, and we'll get Craig's thoughts on it, but I've already heard them. So, um, uh, on you, the opening lineup, uh, Rangers lined up with McGregor, Tav, Goldson, Davies, Barisic, Kamara, Lundstrom, Tillman, Kent, Fashion Zakala, which was maybe raised a few eyebrows, um, and uh, Morelos up front. What was your, your thoughts on, on what was quite a quite an attacking lineup? I think uh, maybe caught a few people off. Uh, off guard at how attacking that actually was? Yeah, I think there was only one position in the team that was up for debate and I think it was that it was either going to be that kind of Jack Kamara lunch from midfield or if he was going to play that actually attacker. So uh, I think my mindset going into it, I would have probably played um, Kamara, Lundstrom and Jack. I, I, I didn't have a real problem with the side when it wasn't that, but I was surprised to see Sakala. Um, I, I understood it from a tactical point of view, probably trying to get running at Greg Taylor and put them under pressure. But overall, I was fine with the lineup. I think it pretty much picked itself. I'm not sure you both feel on that, but I, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really bothered with the lineup today. It was a bit of a strange one. I kind of knew ten or eleven players were going to be, and I'd accepted it. So, yeah, there was a wee bit of debate in the last one, but as we, as we've seen from that game today, the the Sakala came in, and they made the impact that I'm sure Michael Beale was looking for. Yeah, that's it. And and Craig, your your thoughts on that lineup in particular, even with with Jack not starting, because I know you've already heard me talking about how much <laughs> Sakala gave me the fear, but that was thrown back in my face a bit this game. Yeah, I think to be honest, I was pleasantly surprised by the lineup because I I, I thought it was instantly more attacking um, than I thought it would be. I, like Ross, I thought it was going to be um, Jack Lundstrom and Kamara and. In the midfield three, and we'd set up, and I guess I guess that's a, a kind of Gerard Gerard and Bill style midfield set up for a game like this. But I was pleasantly surprised to see um, to see Tillman as a as a forward thinking player in the midfield, and then Sakala out wide. And I think I think we got to see today as to why Sakala was played because Celtic can be got at if you've got pace, and I think that that was shown today and when. Obviously, I think it was pretty clear that one of our tactics was to throw the ball in behind our defenders and make them turn to face their own goal. And I, I, I think we did see the benefits of that eventually when we got when we actually eventually got moving in the second half. Yeah, I think I think at, at points after that first half hour, I think pace was key to to the way that we played um, today, and maybe was why we are, we we got some successes in behind them. But Roth, unfortunately, I'm going to have to come to you in this this first point. Um, this is something that was 
maybe why I was a bit more nervous, a bit more anxious than than most going into most old firm games was was that weird, weird performance on Wednesday. But I, I had Craig sitting next to me and and it seemed like every every second sentence out of his mouth was Oh, if we do that against Celtic, that they'll, they'll capitalise on it. And within the first five minutes, it's a really, really poor ball by Morelos in the middle of the pitch. Not too sure what he's doing. A Celtic player picks it up and, and, and finds a, a pass to, to Maeda. Tav, for me, not strong enough. Doesn't stand up here. He just Maeda just seems to go right through him. And it's we've gifted them a goal within the first five minutes. Not Absolutely not how you want to start an old firm game. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I don't mean to go too tactical here, but that is exactly what Celtic play for, that kind of, the, the ability to win the ball in transition and, and we gifted them possession. So Morelos has tried to play a square ball, which usually he pulls off pretty well, but he's just he's just been lack, lacking accuracy there. And I think for me, Tavernier has to take ownership of that situation. Of course, it's a poor, poor pass, but he has just got to make sure he wins that ball. It doesn't matter where it goes, goes out for a throw and goes out for a corner, whatever. You've just got to win that. And I think he's tried to be too cute with it. Maeda's got in front and listen, I don't know how you both felt, but I knew Maeda going through one-on-one, he was going to score it. Just just because of the way that we'd started the game, I thought we'd started okay. Honestly, I really did. I, I didn't really see any threat from Celtic, but it was a bit of a gift from us and, and a real gift to to how they want, they want to score goals. They want to they want to pick up the ball in central areas. They want turnovers and 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 they punished us. So, yeah, that was that was a disappointing one for me because it was a gift, really. Like I said, it was a gift. I thought we started the game okay. I didn't think we were great, but I didn't think Celtic were either. And I think coming in, into this game, most people felt that Celtic would come and dominate and and probably win the game. So that was disappointing. But yeah, just just going back to to Tavernier there. Of course, he steps up later in the game and and he makes up for it, but. That was really poor. I was really disappointed with him there um, and probably showed with the rest of his first half performance it maybe got to my wee bit that mistake. But yeah, that was a tough one to take. Yeah, Craig, I know you were exceptionally disappointed as well, like everybody in Ibrox just to concede a really, really poor goal again in the opening sort of five minutes. It's just it's not the start that we want to to make. Your thoughts on on and Tav maybe in particular at this, this goal as well. Do you think he stood up? He did enough to, to prevent that going in? I think just on the goal itself, it was obviously extremely disappointing to lose a goal that early on. But if you are going to lose a goal, that's probably when you would choose to lose it because you've got another 86 minutes to try and to try and fix it. It was a stupid goal to lose. Um, I think we, myself and Kyle, speak every single week at Ibrox about how Morelos likes that switch of play. And sometimes it's a bit risky when he does it. And that was one of the times when it was extremely risky and he didn't he didn't get away with it. In terms of the goal itself, I think we knew how Celtic were going to play. Um, I, I think I'm probably guilty of believing the, the media hype around Celtic, if I'm being honest. Um, how they played today was nowhere near as good as I expected them to be. And they were there to be, to be gotten at. And like Ross, I thought we started well that opening three or four minutes. We had, we had control of the ball. We were pushing forward. Celtic didn't work any like they were causing us any danger whatsoever and then we we sort of create that sucker punch for ourselves which was really frustrating and disappointing but and it, it seemed to kind of kick off a a 10-15 minute period where we just it was two terrible teams trying to play football but just passing to each other rather than passing to passing to their teammates and it was it turned into a really scrappy rubbish kind of game after that and it took us a wee while to to try and get any sort of control 
back over the game. But on, on James Tavernier, I actually don't remember what James Tavernier did because I turned away and discussed it. Morelos has passed. Um, and then next thing I knew that um, next thing I knew, Maida was running through one on one with McGregor. So I've, I mean, I'll need to watch it back to see what James Tavernier did or didn't do. Um, but I, th- I think that that comment from Finn Fogel. Tav shot it big time with the first goal, no sugar cotton. It's been woeful this season. He's dropped. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go. I think that's a bit harsh and a bit of a knee jerk reaction. But in terms of that first goal, everyone's kind of saying the same thing about it. So I'd, I'd imagine that he could have done better and he should have been stronger in the tackle. Yeah, 100%. I I, I think that Tav didn't have a, a particularly good game today, even though he did score the, the penalty, which we'll come on to. It's, um, but Craig, I'm going to stick with you at this point. Um, I just like to cut the next sort of chunk of the game up, sort of from f- after Celtic scoring that goal to the next sort of up to the 30 minute mark. We just looked quite lethargic, quite slow. I think um, we discussed it at the time that it seemed to be um, Kent was 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 man marking McGregor at times, but but Kamara was waiting for Kent to to drop back until he went and attacked uh, a space or, or, or applied the press. Um, what was your thoughts on, on on maybe the tactics from from Michael Beale in that opening half hour? Just because for me it it didn't it just it wasn't quite clicking and there was too too much looseness happening. Um, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just don't think we quite got the press right in that opening half. If I'm honest, I think that we're, we're we've grown quite used um, quite used to. Um, so I've just seen Scott Mitchell's comment. The cat's actually behind me. <laughs> I'm in Kyle's house, so um, <laughs> behind me, Scott. Um, I think from the press, right, because we're, we've gotten used to Ryan Kent in that free role that he has behind behind the strikers. He was kind of roaming across that middle of the pitch, and he was kind of shadowing Kyle McGregor in that stage, and that kind of gave um, it gave the, either the Celtic fullbacks or the Celtic centre halves more time on the ball and time to pick the pass. And Kent was kind of always caught in between, which meant that he was either going towards their defender and they just passed it around them, or he was nowhere near their fullback and they just ran forward with the ball. And I think that was it was something that we noticed almost immediately in the second half had been corrected. Um, but I think I think we just struggled from from that point. It, it felt like we were either we were, I felt like we were playing too slowly. I felt like Lundstrom, Golds and Davies, they were all thinking, clearly thinking before they played the pass rather than instinctively doing it. And it just slowed our play down. Every throw-in was backwards at that stage. I know that's kind of where the space was, but you did want to try, to, kind of try and push us forward. And we weren't really creating any chances or we weren't really showing any, any forward, um, any promise in the forward areas. And I think it... But to be fair, Celtic weren't doing anything either, so it didn't. It was just a, a period of nothingness in the game, really, wasn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. It was. It was just a a twenty five minute spell of just about meh from from both sides there. To to be honest with you, um, Ross, I'll come on to you in this next point. Um, round about that thirty minute mark, Morelos had a had a high press up in, in on Joe Hart and seemed to really cause them from some issues from that point. Um, I, th- I can't remember who got the shot away and then it eventually fell to Ryan Kent. He had a, a drew a great save out of, of Joe Hart and then um, I think Sakala had a wee effort there as well. What was your take on that sort of... Because I know you like the tactics. Do you, do you agree with us in terms of the, the way that, that Kamara and Kent were playing, that it wasn't quite right? Um, and and how, how do you feel that sort of opening 30 minutes went for Rangers? 
I think there's two sides of it. I think you can look at the way that uh, Rangers started that game, and I think you can look at the way that Celtic started that game. And I know, listen, this is a Rangers podcast, so I'm not going to come on and talk about Celtic's tactical point of view too much, but I thought the first kind of 30 minutes, I think Celtic off the ball were a lot better than us. So they were pressing us really high up the park, and we just didn't seem to be able to handle it. You know, every time Ben Davies or Conor Goldson get the ball, they didn't have any passing options. And I think Craig was right there, what he said. We didn't move the ball quick enough in those situations. I think in, I think we've seen the change in the second half and we can come on to that. But I think when you are being pressed that high and you don't have any passing options, you just, unfortunately, you just need to go more direct. You need to be more direct. You need to try and play into Morelos. So you need to try and play over the top to Zakala and try and play off second balls. And I just don't think we were doing enough of that. In the first 30 minutes in Celtic, we're just, they were, they were comfortable, let's be honest, off the ball, they were comfortable. I think we've seen a bit of a change when that chance came. Um, we'd, I think we'd moved the ball a bit more direct at that point. Morelos does well to to press Joe Hart, and I think we all know that Joe Hart isn't great with his feet. Um, he, he makes a chance from that, Morelos, he deserves credit for that. I think he plays it back to Kamara, who cuts it across to Kent. And, and listen, let's be honest, it's a really good save. Um, but that was definitely the start where I felt that Rangers started coming into the game and I felt that they started to change the approach. Now, I don't know if word was given when maybe Greg Taylor went down with that injury from Beal that he wanted a bit of a change. I don't know if the kind of minutes line up there, but I definitely felt there was a change of approach from us and I thought that we finished the half really well. Um, I think we can come on to the chances that Morelos misses. I'm sure you've got that, but I, I think that showed that we maybe changed a wee bit. Um, and we weren't allowing Celtic to be as comfortable because I think we can all admit at the moment we're in a bit of a transition phase. We're trying to adapt to this new manager and it's going to take time for him to get his ideas across. Celtic are well set in the way they play. Um, and I think in situations like that today, you have to try and take them out of their comfort zone, make them keep feel uncomfortable, spin them, don't let their midfield get high. And we just, we just didn't do enough of that in the first 30 minutes. We tweaked it. And listen, we'll go on and talk about it. We've seen the benefit of it. So... That's good to see from a from a, a management point of view that Michael Beale recognised that and they tweaked a few things. That's really good going forward. So I was really encouraged by that and I was really encouraged by the chance that we'd made there. And and uh, yeah, it was it was unlucky from Kent. He's he's unfortunate not to score there. Kyle, I just on Ross's point on the terms of going more direct, I did feel like we were trying to go more direct, but just our passes were awful. I think Cameron Carter Vickers mopped up every single long ball we put towards Morelos. We weren't. Yeah. He probably wanted to land it on Morelos's chest or into his like into and around his knee kind of area, and we were they were flying over his head and straight. And Cameron Carter Vickers was just mopping that up like nobody's business. And then any long ball we played over the top, we tended to be Sakala. We tried to to target with the long ball over the top. I think obviously because of his his natural pace, but they were always too hard or too heavy, and they were going through to the goalkeeper or they were going out for for goal kicks. And I think. We, tr- we tried a wee bit, I think, to go a bit more direct, but it was just not, it wasn't accurate enough or, or high enough quality to, to make any impact, really. Yeah, it was it was so frustrating. I, I, I said that at the time. It was I just felt like I was watching the same thing happening on repeat after, it was time after time again. The ball just got launched into the middle of the park when we weren't too sure if we couldn't find a pass. And as you said, their centre-halves were just, just absolutely mopping it up. But... Ross, uh, or sorry, Craig, I'll come to you in the next point here. F- the next sort of fifteen minutes from 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 then until until half time was, I-, I would say, quite key. I think we saw a, a, a momentum shift in this point. I seem to remember J- 
just some challenges going in. There, there was a there was a good Lundstrom block um, on the outside of the box from a Hitati shot. Um, and I just felt at this point, we just seemed to get our act a wee bit more together. There wasn't as many loose passes. What did you think about this 15 minutes until the uh, until half-time? Yeah, it was definitely more encouraging. I think it actually kick-started. I think Morelos had a header from a corner that they put over the bar, but I think it kind of kick-started from that point onwards. Maybe actually it could probably be traced back to the, the Kent opportunity that uh, Joe Hart tipped onto the post that Ross mentioned earlier. It just seemed to shift our mindset and almost like the players started to think, actually, we can get at this team if we if we play our football and um, and if we press them high. I think that was one of the main things when we realised that they, they were struggling under, a press, under the press. Then our players started to move further up the park and started to press. We still had that issue with the sort of Ken Kamara situation, but outside of that, Morelos and Sakawa pushed further up. I think the fullbacks pushed further up as well at that point and it just seemed to show that we had a bit of belief and the crowd mm-hmm. started to get a bit into it. Like you say, there was a few tastier challenges that went in and we were starting to win battles rather than rather than wasn't out on 50-50s like we had been in the so that sort of open 20-25 minutes and it just created that that bit of belief and I think um going forward and and for the rest of the half we, we were the we were on top at that point and actually I was quite disappointed to not be level going in. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was quite disappointed that we weren't able to take advantage of those chances. Um, but I think a big part of the issue was that we kind of played like we have been in the past four games since we came back from the World Cup. We've we've shown that we could play a bit of football in fits and starts, but we didn't really we didn't really keep hold or, or take command for a, a prolonged period of time. And I was I was. Obviously, that changed a lot in the second half, and that's what I think gives us a lot of a lot of hope and, and promise for going forward. Yeah. See quickly, just just something I wanted to touch upon there. Sorry to cut you off, Kyle. What Craig's there about uh, the kind of Lundstrom winning tackles. I think that was the way that, of course, you want to see that for the whole ninety minutes. But I think that is the way that we've seen this Rangers side get success against Celtic in the past is being aggressive. I think you've seen that in the semi-final at Hampden last year. We were very aggressive that day, and that's what ended up winning the game. And I think that's the kind of that's what you want to see from guys like Lundstrom and Ryan Jack. I know he didn't play today, and we made a bit of a change there with Kamara. It's a different different type of player, but I think. That is how to get at this Celtic team. They are quite a small side. They're quite a technical side. So you have to combat it in another way. And I think we've seen that from this Rangers team a few times with Celtic. When you are when you get right up against them and you're aggressive, you don't have to be right up the park, press them from goalkeeper. But when you get close to them, it's all about being aggressive and being snapping at the tackles. And I think you started to see that later on in the first half. And you certainly seen it at the start of the second half. And that was how the game turned, in my opinion. It was just, there was there was a different mentality from the Rangers player of, okay, we're going to we're going to take them out of their comfort zone. We're trying to make them uncomfortable now and we're going to be more aggressive. And and it definitely worked. So I agree totally with what Craig said there. We, that's what, that was the change for me. It was just being more aggressive off the ball. And I, I think that was the big turning point for us. Yeah, I totally agree with, with the both of you there. It's it's something that all, all derby games, all old firm games that you look at across the board, that there's moments in it. I mean, there's a reason why we remember the tackles that Kevin Thompson did because it, it set the standard straight off the bat. And, and that's something that I think was lacking from this. Um, but it's, it did it did change. It took a while to get there. I see a lot of people in the comments mentioning why is it taking us a goal to go behind? Why is it taking us half an hour, 45 minutes to, to do it? 
I don't know, the team still used to play in the sort of horseshoe shape, but um, before we come on to half-time, Ross, um, I see Finn Fogel here has made a wee comment about the two headers Alfie missed before half-time was poor um, and a good finisher and we go in leading. Um, I know Scott Cameron won't be, won't be happy at any criticism of Alfie coming in, but in 43 minutes, like it was, a, I feel like I'm going to say this a few times, it was good work from Sakala. Um, it, it passed into Tillman, results in the corner, free header for me, Sitting, I know that we sit all very close to each other. It, that looked like it should have been a goal from Morelos. And another one, 46 minutes was another corner, and he just just headed it wide. Morelos got to be doing better here, and we could possibly be going into the break, maybe 2-1 up. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, since Alfredo Morelos has signed, let's be honest, he's not great heading the ball. Now, he's, he's scored headers before. I, I accept that, but he's just not. You're, I'm never confident with him uh, with his head in front of goal, and I think we've seen that again today. The second one, I, I still think he should get it on target, but it's quite a difficult one. I think he's leaning back a wee bit, and it puts it by the fo- post. The first one is a sitter. He's in the middle of the six-yard box, unopposed. He gets the he gets the ball on target. There, it's a goal. He's too close to goal. He's got too much power on it for Joe Hart to save it. So. Yeah, that was really disappointing, that one. I think that would have been the perfect team to score for us. Of course, we came out in the second half and performed perfectly. Well, for the first 15, 20 minutes of that half, we were really good. But I think that would have really gave us even more momentum going into the second half. So at the time, I was really disappointed because I think um, you're both right. We we definitely didn't deserve to be down at halftime. I don't think we maybe deserved to be winning the game. I don't think we'd created good enough chances for that. But we, de- we definitely didn't deserve to be down because other than that kind of gift for Celtic, they didn't really create much either. So that was really disappointing. And yet, listen, looking back now, I can't say I'm surprised that Morelos missed a header. I've seen plenty of them over the years. But yeah, he should have been putting that away for me, the first one especially. Yeah, I think I think Alfie's as per defi- uh, divided a lot of people in the, in the comments here. But halftime comes and goes, Craig. Um, I don't think anybody was really expecting any changes just because of that wee momentum shift that, that we'd seen. Um, we'd already touched on it. I, I think that first half came down to not who was better on the ball, but who was better off the ball. And for most of that first half, I hate to say it, but but they were closing the gaps and, and, and capitalising on our piss-poor passing at times. But... On 47 minutes here, I, I didn't expect things to change as quickly as they did, but it was a really, really good sort of wee 10-minute spell for Rangers here. But in 47 minutes, it's an excellent, excellent run by Sakala. Um, and you can just see he waits and waits and waits. He thinks about it, and he picks out a fantastic pass to to uh, Ryan Kent here. Ryan Kent cuts in on his right foot and just smashes it top top right-hand corner against um, Joe Hart. Fantastic way to start the second half and, and exactly what you were hoping Rangers would, would come out and do with a bit of fire in their belly. Yeah, absolutely. I think just summarising the first half, I think Celtic probably had slightly the better of the play um, in the first half, but they didn't create anything apart from the one chance we gave them, uh, which I think was their only shot on target in that in that first half. They didn't really create anything. So they were doing well defensively, I guess, in terms of holding them at bay, but it was just in, ter- in terms of building our own play and, and, and creating any sort of goal threats or attacking chances that, that we really needed to improve on and almost take control of the midfield. I think I spoke in the preview about how important it was to take control of the midfield in games like this and we, we were struggling to get a hold of it, but Celtic weren't doing that either. So um, so I think it was it was refreshing to see such a quick 
change after half time. I think we've seen um, in the last few games sometimes we can be a bit sluggish after after the half time break for five ten minutes before finding a rhythm again. But it was refreshing to see it come so quickly. And I saw a shout at half time on Twitter for um, Sakala to come off and Scott Wright to come on at that point. And I, I would absolutely disagree um, with that one. But I think Sakala, the work Sakala did um, in the build up to that goal was was tremendous and I remember um, when he took his first touch and it landed at his feet you were you were in shock at that point never mind when he managed to find <laughs> out um, so um, but I thought he, he did well he picked he, he drove out the, their defence he was he was really he was one or he was one Rangers player surrounded by five or six Celtic defenders at that point and he had the confidence to to drive at them and push forward and obviously Kent appeared on the the left hand side of the, the Celtic box and um We've seen him hit that shot about 40 times so far this season, and I think that might well be the first one that's gone in, but thank God it did. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And um, Ross, your thoughts on that goal in, in particular? And, and I see, again, a lot of people divided on, on Kent in this game. Some people saying that he, he had a really good game. Some people saying that he's a bit too hot and cold. Um, what what was your thoughts on, on Ryan Kent? And just ultimately, this, this was a superb finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think going from the, the kind of start of the goal, I think it shows the change that we had made um, at halftime. We would be all changed and we started to bypass their midfield. We started to just not let them press us anymore. And Al McGregor's obviously clipped the ball wide. Sakala's done really well with the run. Good pass to Ryan Kent. And what a finish that is, by the way. Like that is, he's made that look way easier than it is. You know, yeah. he's put it back onto his right foot and he's curled it in far corner. Joe Hart's got absolutely no chance. Um, listen, when it comes to Ryan Kent, I, I defend him all the time and I probably will until he walks out the door at Ibrox. Um, I think he's a player that can frustrate a lot because I think we know how good he is. And when he's on form, he's arguably one of the best players in the league. Now, I know everyone will debate that, but he is, in my opinion. And I think we've seen the majority of the best of Ryan Kent today. He was brave in possession. He works hard off the ball. And and ultimately, you want players in his position, similar to Malik Tillman, to take risks in possession because you won't score any goals if they don't. So I thought all around today, Ryan Kent was good. Um, I thought most of the players were good um, overall. There was a few performances in the first half, but I think overall we were good. And I think this is why Ryan Kent has to play every game, you know, and and he's done really well under Michael Beale. He's been a lot better. But I said the same under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. He is someone that can change a game out of nothing. And, you know, that 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 chance is not an easy chance. Like, I know he's in the box and, and he's got a player, one player in front of him. But, yeah, the ability to put it back on his right foot and put it in the top corner, superb. I like the mentality from Ryan Kent as well because... He didn't really celebrate it as much as I thought he would. He gave it a fist pump and he ran back. And I think that's the difference in this squad, especially in the second half. They, they knew what had to be done. They knew they had to get back in this game and, and they had to win it. That didn't turn out to be, of course, but that was the mentality and it was good to see. So, yeah, listen, I'll defend Ryan Kent until he, until he leaves. I, Kyle, I'm, I'm a massive fan of him and I think we'll only really appreciate Ryan Kent when he goes, unfortunately. Um, that's maybe a wee bit. Uh, unfortunate for him too that he maybe doesn't get the adulation he should but yeah I'm a massive Ryan Kent, Kent fan and that was a superb finish I can't I can't give it any more superlatives it was it was really really good 
yeah, Tyler yeah. just coming just coming in there, just it felt like a and Ross, I, I realise you um you almost made the, the Freudian slip on Ryan Kent's name there, which is uh it's one we always try and avoid. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the uh I think that goal, what that goal did was it gave everyone in the stadium belief. I think that's what happened. It, there was a real real change in just the atmosphere from that point. And we I think we started to sense it in the last fifteen minutes of the first half that the Celtic were there to be gotten at if we could just start to string some passes together and start to play how well we know the team can play. We've not seen it much this season, but just how well we know these players can play. Um, and I think that goal definitely gave us gave us the boost because we we pushed forward, we we drove at the, the Celtic defence and we proved that there was nothing to fear in that in that at all. And it just there was a full shift in and um and the atmosphere in the stadium and I, I think that helped to lift the players as well. A hundred percent. I said I, I'll I'll always say it. These games for me are are about about moments and that's what there's not a game another game in world football that I think a tackle can can totally change the <laughs> the momentum of the game. But that goal just gave us the the belief in and that there's no coincidence that, that was the best sort of 10, 15 minute period I think that we played in the whole match was that 15 minutes after after half time. But I can't actually remember who I'm on now. So I think I gave you the first goal the last time. So I'll come to you um next year, Ross. Um for a goal on, on, on 51 minutes, it's it's those <laughs> those words that we all love to hear. And that's penalty to Rangers. But in the build-up, I thought Fashion Zakala was was absolutely excellent again here. I when this was sort of all unfolding in front of me, you could actually see Juranovic thought about going towards the ball, but he didn't. He, he dropped off, and that actually gave Sakala more space to hit into, to, to run into. It's, it was a brilliant, brilliant direct run in the box, something that I think that, that we do not do enough of as a, as a football club, is is directly take players on and go into the box. Um, and does, even though it, it felt like beating took an age to, to eventually point to the spot, but it's... Stonewall penalty, and I don't, I don't even think the VAR check was was over in about ten seconds, wasn't it? It's one of those ones where they slide in, and you know that it's going to be a penalty because they're going to hit, they're going to hit one of the one of the feet, aren't they? And it's going to take the player down. Yeah, I, I was convinced it was a penalty. I first seen it. I think you're right there to give a lot of credit to Sakala because he was really direct. I think it's that run where he knocks the ball one way and runs the other. I might. I think it's that. That's what he does, and he gets in front of his man. And I think this is why. Um, a lot of teams play this way now and just try to get to the byline because you have so many options once you get there. You know, you can do what Sakala done there where you can cut it back and hope someone comes in as a challenge and a lot of defenders do dive in there to try and block it. You can either play the ball across the six-yard box and hope that someone gets a touch or you can cut the ball back to the penalty box, penalty spot, should I say. And it's, it's a really good place to get to. We don't do that enough. That You're bang on what you say there. We don't drive to the byline enough. You can get a lot of scrappy goals from that um you'll maybe we're going to have to come on to the Celtics uh, equalizer but that's where their goal comes from as well it's it's scrappy and Moy gets to the byline and you can always make something of that so yeah I thought Sakala was really good there stonewall penalty for me and I think again listen James Tavernier has not been at his best uh this season but he always steps up in these moments I just feel like I had full confidence that Tavernier was going to put that penalty away there. And I'm usually a bag of nerves when it comes to penalties, but I just felt the way we'd started that half, I just felt we deserved it. I just felt that it was it was inevitable that ball was going to the back of net. It's a great penalty. Joe Hart's got no chance. So, yeah, a lot of credit goes to the Zicala there. And again, it's a, it's a perfect example of 
the change we'd made at halftime. Again, very direct. Get the ball forward to Sakala and, and just go at him. We can't play that the whole game. You've got to be able to retain possession at certain points and play out. But that tweak uh, that Bill had made the first 15, 20 minutes really paid off perfectly. Let's be honest, two goals to get us ahead. It, it was really good. So, yeah, credit to Sakala there. He, he absolutely earned that for us. Yeah, and Craig, are you just happy that we had the Masonic refs in the VR box today then as well? Yeah, I'm not sure you can call Willie Colm a Masonic ref, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that one. Um, I was actually just delighted to see um, Joseph Juranovic's value drop from 25 million to 500 grand in the space of one Fashion Sakala run. Um, so I think, to be fair, he, he was awful pretty much since he came, when he came on uh, for Greg Taylor. And um, I think that was actually a key, a key point as well in terms of Juranovic replacing Taylor at left back just gave us so much more um, opportunities in that area and we, I think we eventually in the second half realised that that was where the space was and that was where we were going to get some joy and I think that Fashion Sakala showed exactly why that was the case I think it was a I think it was a stone wall penalty, it was a bit of a stupid lunge from, I think it was Starfelt if I remember correctly yeah. um, and he, he clearly catches him I, don't, I think it's one of those ones where it would have been interesting had Beaton not given it and then it went to VAR. I don't know if they would have overturned the decision um, in the other way, but I think for me, from where we were, just over overlooking it from the club deck, it was a stonewall penalty. And um, like Ross, I was the same. I didn't really have any any nerves at all about James Tavernier. I thought I was wanting him to go straight down the middle purely because he'd hit the post a couple of times, but um, he couldn't have hit it in any better a place, to be honest. And um, I think we, were, we deserved to be ahead at that point in the game. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. It was only what we deserved at that point when we actually got a wee bit of composure, a wee bit of control, put a wee bit of thought into what we were doing as well. Um, again, it's a few more chances up in, up until that point and then I'll take us on to round about the 72-minute mark. Uh, Ross, I'll come to you on this one. Um, Jack was brought on for, for John Lundstrom. Um a couple of things to talk about this. I'd like to get your overall thoughts on, on how John Lundstrom played today, especially in some of the challenges that he had. Maybe I thought that, again, I know we've talked about it, I thought we were lacking that, somebody snapping at the challenges, you know, a bit of a, a, bit of a bastard, a bit of a, a Perry Hurlock in the midfield at times. Um, but also, I want to say about maybe a wee tactical tweak here that Bill had. We were very 4-3-3 in the first half, even when we were defending with the ball. He seemed to take Kent off man-marking McGregor, and we sort of reverted to a 4-4-2 at times. That just made us a bit more difficult to break down, and, and I thought it was a, a, a really great, great tweak, and it just totally stifled the way that, that they play at times, didn't it? Yeah, I think the way Celtic play is... They move the ball out wide and that kind of rotation between the fullback and the midfielder is how they create chances, is how they get themselves up the park. And I think Michael Beale recognised that was the way they were going to try and move things forward. So I think he's went into a 4-4-2 basically to give both fullbacks support, really a lot more support than a 4-3-3 would. So I have to say at the time, I thought it was a good change. Um, I could really understand why he was doing that. As for John Lundstrom... I didn't think John Lundstrom was great in that first half again, but like I said earlier, he was kind of the one that started that that more aggressive kind of press from Rangers or at least getting a lot closer to the to the Celtic players and trying to put some more pressure on them when they were in possession, especially in our own half. So 
I, I thought he was I thought he was great in the first 15, 20 minutes of that second half. John Lundstrom, he was winning challenges. He was throwing himself into challenges as well. So I was really disappointed to see him go off. Unfortunately, I think he's taking a knock where he's got that injury. I think it, I think he's dealing with a is that a rib injury at the moment. I think that he's been taking injections. I might be wrong on that. Yeah. And it looks like he's taking a an arm in the stomach from I think it's Johnston there right back, and it's just it's just it looks like it's just winded him, and he's been unable to continue because of that injury. So that that was really unfortunate. I think we lost a wee bit of yeah snappiness in the tackle there. Of course, you can get that from Ryan Jack, but he's got to come into the game, bed into things. So yeah, I was disappointed to see John Lundstrom go off, but I, I, I totally agree with the changes that, that Michael Beale made at the time. I could understand what he was trying to do, and he knows that you're going to get a lot of uh, tracking back from Ryan Kent when you put him left side, so I was fine with the tactical changes at that point from, from Michael Beale. Yeah, and the next point of the game, Craig, um, round about... 18 minutes, he took Alfredo Morelos off, put Scott right on, he seemed to shift a, 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 a tiring Tillman a bit further forward here. Um, what What's your thoughts on, on, on Morelos's performances today, given that he missed a couple of chances? What was your thoughts on this kind of overall play? And I'd also like to get your views on um, how much we had improved off the ball due to what I, I think is Beal's wee, wee tactical tweaks that he made. Yeah, Kyle, I'm surprised you've not brought up the, the two Stonewall VAR penalties that Celtic should have had. <laughs> um, we, we know that um, we know that VAR is against Celtic at all, at all costs, so um, I'm surprised you've just um, scanned over those. But yeah. in terms of Morelos, um, I think I actually thought he had quite a good game today, if I was being honest. I thought he, he kind of linked up the play quite well. He was, his passing was fairly accurate um, and he was helping us to start build play when we started to be more positive. And I think he I think he was making a real impact on the team. Um, I think he should have scored one of the two headers, at least in the first half. And I think he's finishing all his, 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 his instinctive finishing tends to be better than his finishing when he's got time to think but it still leaves a lot to be desired. He does all the hard work to get in the right position and then he, quite a lot of the time he, he messes up or he, he, or he hits it wide. Um, and I think it's not going to change now, but it's always been an area of concern as to... As to I think when you see Antonio Cholak when he came in at the start of the season and every 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 shot he had pretty much was a goal and you're like, right, OK, that's, that's what we've been missing. If Morelos had that, First of all, he probably wouldn't be at Rangers, but if Morelos had that, it would it would make such a difference to us, and and it's kind of what we need as well. To be honest, we create a lot of chances, and Alfredo Morelos never never quite takes them. Um, but he's he's also scored some huge goals for us over the years. So I think I think Morelos overall, I've kind of talked myself around in a and I whip there, but I think Morelos I think Morelos played well without excelling I think would be probably my summary of that and in terms of the tweak that Michael Beale made pushing us into the the 4-4-2 when we were defending it made such a difference because yeah. Celtic had no Celtic really struggled to create anything at that point and they started doing what we were doing in the first half they were giving the ball away sloppily they were lobbing the ball over over the top trying to push Kyogo in behind and it was going straight through Tyler McGregor and I really thought we had them at that point, if I'm being honest, I thought that at that point we are we are pushing forward and we're, we're going to score a third a third before before they score a second. 
Yeah, totally agree with you there, Craig, but obviously it didn't pan out that way. Um, Ross, the, maybe the next action point in the game here was um, Sands came on for um, Malik Tillman round about the 85-minute mark. There was, I think there was another formation change in this and that it looked like Beale had kind of accepted that we were going for 2-1 and he, and he dropped it into a 4-5-1. That was a much more solid... Mm. Sort of, you could you could where we sat in the club deck. It's always a good a good view of that in the pitch, and you could, you could see as soon as Sands came on, it was a four five one. Um, what do you think about this change with with hindsight? Um, I've been on here in the past, and I'll probably get a bit <laughs> slated for a bit of this in the comments, but I think Sands at times does have a bit of game intelligence. I think there is a a player in there, a good player for a defensive midfielder, but. Today was it was shocking. There was that there was that moment where he had um he just waited too long, he should have released the ball earlier, and then he ended up losing it and Celtic got a break. But do you think that this maybe cost us a bit? Or or what was your, your thoughts around around the, the eighty five minutes when he made this change, Michael Bill? I can't lie right now and say that I wasn't open to that change when he made it, to be honest. <laughs> I could understand why he was bringing yeah. James Sands on. Um, it's the type of player you probably do want in that in that situation of the game that he's not really going to venture forward too much. He's going to screen the back four, and that's really his role. I do agree that he didn't really have the impact that we were looking for. There was a few times he was holding onto the ball too long, especially when we were pushing for that goal to to win it. He did get caught in possession. So I didn't think James Sands was great today. I think he would hold his hands up and and say that. I, I think he's been made a wee bit of a scapegoat, though, to be honest. I I, feel, I personally feel sorry for James Sands because every time he seems to play for Rangers, he plays in a different position. And and I don't know how you're able to, to get familiarity with a system or familiarity with your teammates if you're constantly moved around the park. Now, that doesn't mean that he, he, he's not judged the same as every other player and, and he has a lower threshold of kind of the standards. That doesn't mean that at all, but I do feel sorry for him. In certain games, he comes on, he's just... He's just put into a different role every time. Having said that, uh, regarding the tactical change, I completely understood it. Listen, I, I was speaking to my dad when we were leaving the game, and it's and it's very much you're going to get criticised whatever you do. You know, if if Michael Beale had brought on Scott Arfield there instead of James Sands and Celtic get that equaliser, he's getting criticised because he brought on an attacking player at that stage of the game. So I can understand the change completely. It's football. Sometimes the, the change doesn't give you the decided effect you're looking for. And I think at that point, once you get to that stage of the game, you are trying to see it out. You know, I understand the opinion that we've done well in the second half, be more aggressive and pushing up the park. But it's just natural in a game of football, the, the way it goes. If if you have a lead and it's late on the game, you just naturally sit back. So I could understand that James Sands uh, change today. It's not paid off, unfortunately. He's had a pretty a poor game when he came on, but I can't sit here and lie and say, oh, I didn't back that change and that was wrong for Michael Beal. I agree with it at the time. So, yeah, I'm not going to go against myself. I'm not going to contradict myself here. Yeah, no, it's it's difficult. I, I'm getting slaughtered in the comments for, for saying that I think there is a player in, J, in James Sands. What I'll say is that I think he's worth five million. Absolutely not, but if, if we could get him cheaper than that, he's maybe somebody that I would keep, but for the moment, um, yeah, he didn't do himself any favours. Um, I said I said the exact same thing to my to my dad on the way out, Kale. I think sorry to cut you off. It was regarding the, the kind of fee. And that's always what's discussed about with Sands. And if it's rumoured to be three or four million, I think we know where we are as a club right now. If we spend three or four million on a player, he must be a starting eleven player. He has to come into this yeah. team and he has to play. 
And unfortunately, just because of the role that James Sands wants to play uh, and the position he plays, he is not an automatic first start 11 for us. He's not going to be the centre-back that we need. And we have John Lundstrom, Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara in midfield at the moment. And we've got Padgy, Lawrence and Tillman that can play there as well. He's just, unfortunately, he's just not a starting 11 player for Rangers at this stage of his career. I've got no doubt that he could go on and, and do more and, and maybe play on a, a higher level of league um, with the potential he has. But for us right now, it, it's too big a risk to, to bring in a player with that fee, especially when he's not yeah. going to be starting every week for Rangers. I'd have yeah. to agree with that, Kyle. I think, um, I think James Sands, you can tell there's a player, but the real concern is that we've got a midfield that isn't doing particularly well and he's still not starting in it. So if yeah. we are if we're refreshing the midfield, um, it's probably highly unlikely that he's going to come in as a starter um, at that point. And if he's not a starter now, he's not going to be a starter in the new midfield. So then you don't spend the three, four, five million pounds, however much his, his release clause is. I think he, he had a poor game today. I thought Ryan Jack was really poor as well when he came on. I don't think, he, I think he just, he actually just looks a shadow of his, his former self at this stage um, and I understand the argument of offering a new contract because he's Scottish and it helps us from a UEFA squad uh, criteria meeting situation but I think the amount of time we'll see Brian Jack on the pitch should be less and less and he, I think he, he's at the stage now where he shouldn't be any more than a backup um, for our midfield and we'll come on to the second goal but I thought he was majorly to blame for that as well. Yeah, I said, but I think we're getting a bit of stick in the comments about um, James Sands. That's fair enough. It's everybody's got their got their opinions on it. This one for Robert Dixon, though, I, I quite like this. He's the Yankee Matt McKay. Remember that guy? But uh, there we go. Um, look, Craig, I'll, I'll stick with you on this. Uh, unfortunately, I I can't really remember this and uh, um, goal from from Celtic. To be honest with you, I just remember us having about six or seven opportunities that it seemed like in my head to get it clear but around about the 87 minute mark as you alluded to there it sounds like Ryan Jack could have just hoofed the ball out the pitch um, but this was a, a really really poor goal to, to concede in, and in the end just a bit gut-wrenching wasn't it? Yeah I think it was the 88th minute wasn't it? I think um, there were a couple of occasions in the build-up before the ball got even in the box that we should have won the tackle or we should have um, had control of the ball. The Celtic player, I think Ross said it was Aaron Moy um, earlier on. I think ran towards the towards the byline. It crosses. It goes to cross in, and it is blocked by Ryan Jack. And Ryan Jack has the ball at his feet, and he's he's facing his own goal. Fair enough, he's facing his own goal. But instead of booting the ball out the park for a corner and getting everyone back in and just defending having everyone set up and defending the corner. He tries to almost toe-poke it back to Alan McGregor for some reason, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure what went through his head at that point. The ball doesn't get anywhere near Alan McGregor, deflects more into, and deflects back into the middle of the box, and it's a bit of a stramash. And then I think it is at Kyogo. I couldn't even, couldn't even tell you who scored second goal. I think it's Kyogo that scores it. Um, it was just deflating I think is the word but just took the wind out the sails I think we spoke beforehand that this was a, a must win game if we were to have any chance in, of having any sort of title race at all and it, it did it did feel and I guess the, the Celtic fans celebrated it that way that it was it was a bit of a sucker punch and I don't think it was deserved at all and was only was only the second shot on target Celtic had had all game which makes it even more Don't tell me that 
which that it makes, makes, it makes it even more frustrating. And it goes back to the the issue we've had, I guess, especially in, in recent ones where every shot on target that teams have turns into a goal, and we need to try and find a way find a way to stop that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's a very fair a fair assessment of of that. There, um, what was our seven minute s extra time added on? I don't know. There's not really much to talk about that. It's um, the game ended two two. Ross, um, look, I'd just like to get your sort of overall thoughts on that game. Again, I've been scrolling through the comments, seen seen a lot of people. Some people saying, you know, deflated, you know, punched in the gut type stuff. But then I've seen other people. Um, Michael Charon here says, um, not. Um, it's about the glass half full empty. He sees he's quite positive after this. He's a glimmer of hope. Um, what what do you think about that? Are you are you with Michael or are you um, seeing that it's it's still rubbish and that it's not the it's not the manager. It's 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 the players. Were you encouraged by what you saw today despite despite a two two draw? Yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged what I've seen today. I think as fans, you're allowed to to look at the season as a whole, and I think uh, a lot of people went into that game today with the uh, the hope of getting three points and maybe kind of revitalising this league. And I think because of that, a lot of people are coming out the ground flat because when you're 2-1 at that stage of the game, there's a great chance of you going on, bringing it back to six points and listen, anything can happen. And, and anything can still happen, right? It's nine points. There's still plenty of games to go. And um, that's maybe we being, um, you know, half full there. But that 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 is the way I'm trying to look at it. If you look at it just about Michael Beal's start, he's had five games we're unbeaten and we've won four of them. And I think today, a lot of fans I spoke to felt that we were going to get a bit of a doing today just yep. because of the way we've played the last couple of games. I know we've got the results, but we haven't been flying. And Celtic have had a few decent results uh, the last couple of games. They came back quite slow as well as us. So I think overall, I will look at this as probably more of a positive today. It is deflating. There's You can't deny that um, an equaliser that late in the game can't deflate you but I think the overall performance today was really good, I think Michael Beelis came in revitalised this team and, and gave them the energy for these games again because I, I think they had lost that with Van Bronckhorst, they just didn't seem like a team that was ready to compete in these games and the opposite, Postacoglu managed to get that right across to these players and, and they were given everything to win these games, we just didn't have that other than that semi-final performance so I'm encouraged with what I've seen today. Um, I think tactically, Michael Beal's starting to get more from these players. I think we're starting to see more from our key players again, guys like Ryan Kent, Malik Thielman, Glenn Kamara. We've got a really good partnership building between Davies and Goldson. So I think overall that it's more positive than negatives today. We've not got the result at the end of the day, but I, I can sit back and go, listen, I can see progress already and we're only five games in. And that's a really good. Michael Beale spoke about this in his press conference earlier this week. You know, this was a this was a real test for Rangers to see where they are, and he would he would know after this game where he lies, what where he needs to recruit, and uh, what we lack in certain areas of the park. So, I'm sure he would know that after today. I think he's referenced that in his press conference after it, saying he's looking for two or three signings. So, listen, maybe he's a wee bit more negative about the performance in the real than we are because that wasn't the first thing I would think of after today. Um, I thought we'd done well in most part. Is there a few players in there that have maybe passed their sale by data Rangers? Absolutely. I think we've all known that since the start of this season, but it looks like Michael Beal's managing to just get a wee bit more out of these guys. And that's what we need to hope for for the rest of the season. So, 
progress for me overall i'm positive i'll probably be more positive tomorrow i'll probably be flat for the rest of the day but once i can sit back and take the, the emotion out of it a wee bit yeah i'll, I'll probably feel that it, overall it's a it's a pretty positive display from rangers yeah and i'll, I'll come to you next on this craig uh, robert dixon here says that squad five weeks ago would have been humped five zip after losing a goal early doors definitely improved are you in agreement with that can you see the the signs of improvement under Bill and and perhaps a, a wee bit of belief back in the squad, which is something that we certainly lacked under Van Bronckhorst. Yeah, I think we're seeing the benefits of having a clear plan and a clear setup and a clear style of play that the manager that the manager wants, um, as well as relying or or trying to showcase the benefits of your key players, the likes of Ryan Kent, the likes of Malik Tillman. Um, I think that's what we're seeing the benefits starting to see the benefits of. I don't think Michael Beale has been shy in any sense of the word in terms of putting out that he doesn't have the squad that he wants and he doesn't think the players that he has are up to the level that that he needs them to be and is it's going to take time. And but I think we're seeing the sort of green shoots of recovery. I guess would be the 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 right way to put it. I think I was um, I was encouraged today by that the start of the second half performance in the first say 35, 40 minutes of the second half, I was really encouraged by by how we played. And I think that'll be how we, we see us playing going forward. I think the concerning part is the way the first half went. Um the concerning part is that we we were really we were poor today and we and Celtic were really poor as well and we couldn't get the get a result over the line from that. And I think that was the disappointing part of the game for me and I think that's why it is deflating because we were the better team in that game and we deserved the victory I think um, and we, we limited them to two two shots on goal the full the full game and they managed they managed to score two goals and I think that's where the the disappointment comes in but in terms of going forward if Michael Beale gets to add two or three starters to to the team over January um I think the cup competitions are key over the next four or five months and we need to have a real showing in those and at least win one of them, if not both of them. And I think that's where the the real um the real impact will be seen for the rest of this season. And if we keep seeing progression, I think we are seeing progression game to game from the players as to them buying into to how we're playing. But um and I put agree with Paul there, I think the players are looking fitter and they're more disciplined in how they're doing certain things like pressing and marking and and um it's just the the finishing parts of it in terms of finding blue jersey more often with with your passes and um not overthinking things i think there's times particularly in the midfield with john lundstrom where he thinks about playing the slightly trickier pass and you can see the cogs turn in his head yeah. and then he goes to the he goes for the easy pass but by that point the next pass is straight to the person that he should have played the pass to and we get kind of caught. I think that's where we got kind of caught a bit in the, the first half as well. And that Celtic were... I knew where the pass was going before John Winston played it, so Celtic definitely knew where the pass was going and we need to just get a bit quicker in, in our play and we did see a bit of that in the in the second half. So overall, the result was a bit deflating. I was one of the people who thought we were going to lose two or three goals or lose by two or three goals today, and I I didn't have much much hope if I'm being honest. This morning when I when I woke up and we we set out we set off for the game, so I think that was pleasantly surprising as well, and it obviously gives you a bit of a natural 
lift when you see your team putting in a, a more positive performance than you were expecting. So I think there's there's um, there's real positives to take from it, although, although the result was quite disappointing. Yeah, totally agree with you. There's two comments here I'm just going to flick up. Um, Robert Dixon, Andrew Bartley, I think he's a bit overlooked that. When was the actual time we went unbeaten in five considering the schedule handed from the powers that be in that time fantastic to be honest I think that's the way I largely feel about it was a, a five game un, unbeaten run you know we we know it's not perfect we know it's not brilliant but we can only compare it to what we've had in the last six months and is it an improvement absolutely um and Adam McLean here makes another big comment too many unforced errors in the first half with passing especially when we break down their attack we gave the ball straight away and invite more pressure that's the thing that's given me most hope about this is is it see that that is stuff that we can coach out of players is just practicing passing better I, I mean it's still very 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 early days and, and there was a comment earlier on that said about the that five, six weeks ago, that would we got a 2-2 result out of that game? No chance, absolutely no chance. So um, before we go, um, Ross, I'll just come to you. I'll, I'll trouble you for a, a man of the match. I, I don't normally like doing this unless we unless we win, but I, overall, I think we did have a good performance. So I think it's only right that we, that we pick a man of the match today. I think it's between two. I think it's between Fashion Sakala and Ryan Kent. Um I usually sway towards Ryan Kent just because of my feelings for him, but I think I'm going to give it to Fashion Sakala because he's massive in both goals. Uh, so I think he, I think Sakala deserves it today. Um, I think I think his fans would probably need to realise now that I, I'm very harsh on Sakala. I think he's he's really raw, and I think when he gets involved in involved in the build up of play, that he, he just it breaks down a lot with him. And and maybe we just need to realise he's just not that type of player. But there's definitely a player in there that we can work with. He just seems to get his numbers. And you always need players like that in your squad. So I think this is maybe a, a dig at myself. We probably need to be more open to Sakala now. He's never one of the, the names that we think of that should be starting games every week. We never think of that. Well, I personally don't anyway. And he's maybe he's maybe one of the guys that has really fought to get back into this team. And he deserves, you know, a starting 11 shirt every week. So I'm going to give it to, yeah, Fashion Sakala today. And Craig, who, who would you say was your man of the match? Uh, yeah, it, it was between two for me, I think, as well. Fashion Zakawa is one of them. I actually thought Malik Tillman had a really good game. I think before before the game when we saw the lineup, we knew that we couldn't carry any passengers in this game. And I guess Malik Tillman has that reputation a little bit within the support at the moment that he can go missing at times in games. I thought he's, um, his work rate was excellent today. I thought... On the ball, he was really good. He caused them problems. He was really, he was phenomenal at, at anticipating and intercepting their play. Um, so I thought Mark Tillman was was definitely up there in terms of his performance. But like Ross said, I think I, I has to go to Fashion Sakawa. He took that game by the scruff of the neck, and he, he completely changed it for us. And he, he absolutely deserves to be man of the match. I yeah, think there's a I think there's a comment there, Kyle, from uh, Robert Dixon. I think he says about. He thinks Davies, Ben Davies was on the match. That that might be something worth highlighting right now. Um, in terms of, you can see a, 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 definitely a partnership again developing between Golden and Davies. And I felt we were quite comfortable defensively today because we actually had two centre-backs in the park and we've not really had that lately. But what I would like to pick out of Ben Davies is, and I think it's something that's really going to benefit us over time, is range of passing is very good. Yeah. I think he played one in the first half 
from the left and spinned it round to the right out to James Tavernier. And it, most of the crowd reacted to it like, what are you doing? Why? That's such a risky pass. But it was pinpoint and took us up the park. I think there was one in the first half as well where he played through the lines to Ryan Kent and we made a chance from it. That's something that I, I'm glad that Robert Dixon's highlighted that. I thought Ben Davies was pretty good today and I think you're going to see more of him when he gets that game time. That passing is going to get even better and that's definitely a tool that we can use going forward because we really have lacked that kind of balance on the left-hand side with a passer from there. So that's a good point from Robert Dixon. I think Ben Davies deserves a bit of credit today. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I I I think Ben Davies was much better again in the second half than what he was in the the first half. I I think you could apply that to the Motherwell game as well. I was going to wrap up there, but Ross, I'm just going to ask you one last wee thing before you go. Um, look, you never want to say it's, take positives off a off a two two result at home off of a Celtic, but as I said, I'm comparing it to the team that that's gone the last six months, how lethargic we've been. Look, we can all clearly see that there's still, you know, massive improvement needed in certain areas, but the signs are there that it is heading in the right direction. Andrew Bartley here, I'll just maybe talk about the first comment of this. You've got Hadji still to come back, Lawrence still to come back, which I think are going to be real good additions, but Michael Beale alluded to it in his post-match press conference there. He thinks we need two or three signings. Given that game today, where are the areas do you think we need to strengthen? Is defensive midfield one? Are you happy with that? Would you be happy going with Sands and 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 Lundstrom and Jack for the rest of the season? Or I know I've put you a bit in the spot here, but you like doing it to me when you're hosting, so it's only fair I do it after an old firm game to you. I think um, my opinions maybe changed on this lately because. I think we all wanted that kind of number eight player under Van Bronckhorst because that was the way he wanted his midfield to play. He wanted there to be a lot of forward runs, very aggressive in that area. I think it's slightly changed under Michael Beale, and I think you felt that the other day in his press conference when he was talking about Stephen Davis. He was absolutely gutted to lose Stephen Davis. And actually, I wouldn't have been surprised if Stephen Davis had played that game today if he was fit yeah. because oh, it's a type of game that suits him. So I think that's probably a position we need to we need to bring in. I'm not convinced that John Lundstrom is best in that role. I just don't think he has the range of passing to play in that role. Um, and the way I think Michael Beale wants us to play is he wants that kind of pivot, doesn't he? He wants someone in there that's going to be able to be in control of the game um, and be able to pass through the lines and things like that. And I think you've seen that at the start of the second half where he asked John Lundstrom to drop right in and take the ball yeah. from the centre-backs. He changed it slightly. So I think if that's what he's wanting from that role going forward, I think we're going to have to bring someone in. That would be the main priority for me. I think there's the goalkeeper is always one that comes up, but I just don't think that's something that's realistically going to happen in January. And he's already said he's not going to bring in a goalkeeper in January, so he's ruled that one out. But I think the good there was a good. I think that comment was good there, and it, it touched upon kind of players to come back. And I was actually talking to my dad about this in the way. And again, you know, Haji Lawrence Suter. Hollander, I know, is one up in the air. A lot of people are convinced he's never going to come back. You know, there are guys coming back. Ridvan as well, which is one I think we all forget about. He must be two or three weeks away now. They're, the squad is going to get a lot stronger and that will ultimately bring the best out of these guys. And, you know, we've seen it today with Alex Lowry and Ravi Matondo not being in the squad. That's great. That's really good. And it's maybe a bit harsh for Alex Lowry that he played one game against Motherwell and he's out the gate, out the squad the next game. But that is competition and that's going to bring the best out of these players. So in terms of the recruitment, the transfer window, it would be a yeah, it would be a number six for me, someone that can pass the ball. Um, I think we really need that with the way that Michael Beale wants to play. 
And I'd be surprised. I know he said we want two or three, but I would be surprised if we're bringing in two or three unless we're moving people out, especially with the number of players to come back. So looks like it's going to be an interesting January transfer window. And he maybe feels that this window is maybe the time to take the risk because he maybe feels that the league is... It's, it's going to be difficult to bring that back. He's already admitted that, right? So he maybe feels if I can get these guys in in January, it gives me a six months to bed these guys in and it's ready to go when it comes in the summer. So that might be why he's being uh, very front foot with this transfer window. And let's hope the board back him. Let's hope we go into the market and, and we really see some good quality starting 11 players coming in. Yeah, I, I agree with you largely there in terms of that. Um just a quick one, and I'm only putting two and two together, Ross, I'll come to you in this first. I just seen that De Bravka has been recalled for Newcastle um, at the moment from his loan. Is that somebody that you would take a punt on in goals, just out of interest? Oh, probably, because he's a Premier League-level goalkeeper, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. I know we were linked with uh, Begovic the other day, which was one that I was open to. As, oh, I, I was personally open to that because I think he's probably an upgrade in what we have right now. Is he the long-term solution? No. Um, but I think we're maybe at that stage where it's got to be incremental improvements for certain positions in the squad. Um, listen, I, I don't want to go into the goalkeeper argument right now because we'll be here all night. Um, it definitely is an area that we need to look at. And if uh, a Premier League level goalkeeper in Dubravka is available, then it might be something that the club do. Yeah. And Craig, just uh, I'll let you have the final word on, on, I know you've given your thoughts on it on, on a previous podcast, but just a wee quick word about where you think, especially after today, um, any areas that we definitely, definitely need to improve on and where you'd be, if we did have transfer funds and, and money available, where you'd be putting it into? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, midfield-wise, we need, like Ross said, someone who can put their foot on the ball, can progress us forward, can play through the lines, can as almost that box-to-box midfielder with with a with a um, with a range of passing. Pretty much what John Winstrom was for the second half of last season. If we can get if we can get that on someone who does that consistently um, on a consistent basis, then that that would be good. I think we need a, a I think we need a right winger who can cement down that place. I think Fashion Sakawa shown he has a wee bit of promise there today, but he's, he's too hot and cold, I think, to be the starter every single week. I think he can really benefit us off the bench um, and come in for for certain games where pace will really will really benefit us um, in our game plan. But I think we do need someone to that can play that, that right wing position or right right of the front three position every single week. And yeah, I think those those would probably be the two that I would say are must haves for for this um this transfer and if he's getting a third I wouldn't be surprised if it's a second central midfielder to be honest and starting starting that refresh job in there. Um I think we'll probably look at the forward line again in the summer. I think we'll be looking at I think we'll probably see Morelos depart in the summer and I think that'll be one that, that we look to um we look to refresh as well as well as the goalkeeper. So it's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be a, a busy a busy summer in terms of getting starting players in the door. I think our defence is pretty settled, if I'm honest, and we'll probably be the, the last place that, that we look. I saw one of the comments that was brought up there said about looking at a young centre-half to replace Goldson. We've got centre-halves coming out of years, really, to be honest, at, at this stage. Um, as much as they were all injured at the same time, the, the likelihood of that happening again is is almost none. And I think there's other places of the squad that need priority focused on um, rather than centre-halves. I think yeah. we have a lot more to... to 
rejig at the moment, Connor Goldson. I think Connor Goldson is then that team for the foreseeable. I think we've got a lot more problems than him right now. So I'm all for preparing for the future and let's hope the board are doing that recruitment wise. But I think as fans, we should uh, we should settle on Connor Goldson for the foreseeable, definitely. Yeah, I can't see that changing. I think I think the Davies Goldson partnership, especially with the deals that they've signed, I think we'll be seeing that for the next sort of two, three years. But it's always look good and encouraging that, that we're looking in in the investment. Um I'm I'm sure we'll mention Ross Wilson's name on, on another pod. That's we'll leave that for another time. But um look, I just want to say thanks to everybody for joining. It's difficult, you know, a bit of a gut wrenching result that, you know, losing a goal solely on. I'm never I will sit here for clarification for everybody that's watching and tuning in. I'm never going to say a 2-2 draw at home against Celtic as it is a good result, especially when we're that far behind them in the league. But you've got to take some positives out of it in terms of, is it better than what we've seen before? And 100% it was. The thing I can say about the team is, we went a goal down early. I mean, we never went hiding and, and we kept it up. Um, just want to say thanks to everybody for, for watching and, and viewing again. Um, and something I haven't said is Happy New Year to everybody. I hope um, 2023 is, is prosperous and, and everybody gets what they're, what they're wanting in it. Um, Craig, um, yeah, just thanks again for today and I'll see you in about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Cheers, Craig. No bother. And Ross, thanks for, thanks for jumping on. Is that your house is a live studio now, Kyle? Well, that's great. Thanks for inviting us all there. We'll all we'll do the pause in your house from now on. Everybody from This Is Ibrox is currently downstairs in my living room, apart from you, Ross. So there you go. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> but no, it was a pleasure. Um, thanks for having me on. I know it was a bit late to the party, but yeah. Overall, positives for us today. And yeah, uh, I'd just like to wish everyone a happy new year and all the best for 2023. Yeah, that's it. Um, the next podcast coming out just for everybody in the comments, that'll be on Wednesday. It'll be myself. I'm not too sure who I'm joined by, but we'll probably just do a wee, um, a wee quick look into this game, maybe some transfer targets. And, and yeah, if there's anything else you think we should be talking about, give us a shout. Um, but we'll see you all then. Um, take care, everybody, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.